What's up, bikers? Episode 165 of the Biker Bar Podcast. I'm dropping live stream. That's it. I'm really going to do it this time. I say this every week, but this is the time. This It's not going to happen anymore. This will be officially the last time I say Biker Bar Podcast live stream. Hopefully. Anyways, episode 165. Today we have on Good Day Optics. Pretty cool story, man. Um, we will we'll get into that. Long story short, it's a it's a sunglasses brand or a optics brand. So we'll find out what that means and how that came about in just a few minutes. But first, I want to thank everybody that's out there on Patreon. You guys are rock stars. Thank you very much. This is grassroots, man. At the end of the day, you tip your 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 waitress for bringing you food. Um, why not tip your podcaster for bringing you podcasting entertainment every week for weeks on end? Swing by Patreon, man. Just drop five bucks in there. It's it's once a month. You're buying me a beer. You're helping out. Things are going good. I'd really enjoy it. So it it keeps me motivated. Honestly, every time I've ever thought about stopping YouTube, the one thing that keeps me going is the people on Patreon. So there you have it. If you want to do something for free, swing by Facebook, give me a follow or Instagram. If you do that, if you're, if you're under 40, do that on Instagram. And, uh, those of you that haven't subscribed to the channel, if you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe, you know, with that, you know, the deal here, we don't have to say these things all the time. Anyways, I'm going to go ahead and bring Jared back on and we'll get started. How's it going, Jared? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, for sure, dude. I'm I'm stoked to have a conversation. Honestly, it's um every time that like I set one of these up. I mean, you always have the unknown, right? Unless it's somebody I've talked to before. But every time I finish one of these conversations, it's always like, man, that was fun. I learned something, or it was just like a cool another cool person that's into bikes. You know, so you know, it's it always uh it always makes makes things go easy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and I find the mountain bike community because I haven't been like, it, like a hardcore mountain biker because I came from skiing. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's like the tightest knit community that you don't know exists until you come into it. Yeah, that's interesting that you say that. So, what kind of skiing were you into? Um, all mountain skiing, um, a lot of freestyle—not freestyle, um, but big mountain and stuff like that. So, lots of powder, lots of cliffs. Um, it was always wow. just a lot it was more comfortable to fall on skis than a mountain bike. So that's why, yeah, I, right. why I stayed away from mountain biking. How'd you get into mountain biking then? Um, so my mom, yeah, just kind of, a, you know, it's a natural progression. I think like all skiers go mountain biking and mountain bikers really go skiing in the winter and vice versa. Um, and then when my mom passed, I just had a little bit of disposable income. So I'm like, I'm going to buy a bike and try this out. And then, um, now I do like 50 to a hundred kilometers on a mountain bike a week when we didn't. Oh, wow. Yeah. Right on, man. Where do you, where do you live at? Uh, I'm in, I'm up in Edmonton, um, Alberta. So just above Montana. Oh, okay. So that's why we're talking kilometers. I'm yeah. Kind of like real quick. I'm like, what is a hundred kilometers? I have no fucking idea. <laughs> so 60 60 miles. miles a week, something like that. So 30 to 60 miles a week is what he's saying. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I really, truly, honestly wish that America would just go to the fucking metric system already. Like, like it's yeah. so annoying. Well, and what's weird is like we do half and half because it's like 
you know, we're technically supposed to use like kilograms and grams for our weight, but we all talk pounds and feet and inches. Uh-huh. But then like when it comes to a distance, it's like meters and kilometers. So it's yeah. like a weird hybrid up here. I, I honestly didn't realize how much I hated. I think it's it's called the imperial system. I didn't realize how much I hated that until I got into 3D printing. And so like when you're like designing things, you're measuring things a lot. And millimeters is so fucking easy <laughs> compared to like how many is that an eight is that a 16 wait is that a 30 t- i can't freaking tell anymore it's yeah. so annoying so yeah. anyways so that's the rant right there <laughs> yeah man i um i uh originally started out as one of those people that skied in the winter time and mountain biked in the summertime because i grew up back east in pennsylvania and that's kind of what the weather dictated you know yeah but now i live in northern california and um it's harder for me to ski because i can mountain bike all year yeah yeah i would agree if i could mountain bike all year um i think i would do it because like especially in in edmonton we have like 400 kilometers of single track trail that i can Mm -hmm. access from my house yeah i have to drive to the mountains which is four hours away right and skiing hasn't really like I don't know if it's really, if it really, it doesn't feel like it was this expensive before. Like, like where are this, the lift tickets are compared to like a price of skis compared to like a day. It's just like, it's ridiculous. I remember I, I used to live in Europe. And um, when I first moved back to the States, to California, I went to the, the resort and it was like 40 bucks for a lift ticket. And I was like, so bent out of shape. I was like, this is bullshit. It was only like $35 for me to ski the Alps. And I'm here in this bullshit little ass freaking mountain. And you're charging me 40. I was like losing my mind about it. And now here we are almost $200 lift ticket. Well, some places are $200. Lift yeah. Whistler just announced 300 Canadian, which is 220 American. Yeah. At least Whistler is huge. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like where you feel like okay maybe that's worth it you know yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah you get two mountains and they have this like giant gondola that spans the crevasse to it that you can just like take across which is pretty neat that's awesome i i used to have a poster of the like trail map for whistler on my wall like kind of in my garage where i'd be like someday i'm gonna go there and i never thought that it would turn into like Someday I'm going to go there, but now I'm stoked about mountain biking instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to go mountain biking there or at least see Crankworks. I think that'd be super cool. Yeah. 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 No, that'd be a good time. Um, so you mentioned earlier that your mom passed away and, and I'm, first of all, my, my condolences to you, but I think that's also a big reason of why you started good optics, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's how I started good day. Um, because, you know, when you watch your mom at 61 pass away in 17 days from at Perfectly Healthy, um, it, it's kind of your worst days. So, yeah, that's I, I mean, I obviously you didn't go into a lot of detail on your website. That's um, that's a really short amount of time, man. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Yeah. Um, but then when I kind of looked back on it, um, you know, or maybe it's my mentality of how I looked at it. Like my mom had a great life. She loved me and my sister. She loved my family even if she knew when her end date was i don't think she'd change it and or like change anything of her life because like 
had got to do everything she wanted to do. Um, and then with myself, when I looked back with, you know, spending the 17 days in the hospital with my family, um, there was some good of good in it. Like I'm closer with my family than I've ever been closer mm -hmm. with my wife than I've ever been. Um, it showed me that, you know, life can be very short. So you need to make sure you enjoy every day. And yeah, and then, it, you know, it sparked good day optics out of it. And now I get to go mountain biking and skiing and, you know, get to meet some really rad people and um, just have, have good days. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and at any point, if I ask something, you're feeling like that's like too much, let me know. Um, like, how did that come about? I mean, you're just like, everything's cool one day and all of a sudden you're in the hospital like for the next two weeks or yeah so um my mom passed away july 13th and it's you know um i'm trying to build a, a day out of it where it's like international day of hardship and it's like where we sh share the the hard stories so you know it's like that's that was the the date of it and then like about a month before so she was at my house or my my mom and stepdad were at my house we were like cleaning up the backyard pruning trees, everything. She was a little tired from that and complained about a back injury, which she thought was at the gym. Next mm -hmm. week, she's go she's talking to her doctor about her stomach fluing, filling up with fluids. And then, so that was on Friday, Sunday into the hospital, or well, sorry, tried to go into the hospital Saturday. They denied her. Sunday called the ambulance because it wasn't like going away. So then she got rushed there. And then, yeah, 17 days later. Um, oh my God. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's, um, I've had somebody, my, my uncle was like, kind of like my big brother or father figure all my life. And, um, when I was like 16, he got, he got murdered and, um, it's really hard to deal with something where, I mean, your mom was still at an age where you were taking her, her life for granted. You know what I mean? Just like mm -hmm. I, I was with him. Like we were, we were young. I was like 16 and he was like 21, you know? And, uh, it, it's definitely, um, just like you said a few minutes ago, it taught me a lot of things that really, it's hard to look back and be like, yeah, that's positive. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> Cause it's like fucked up, but yeah. it's like, okay. Like, at least I can look at things and walk away with some kind of positivity from it. And there were a lot of lessons that I learned that, you know, I still carry today from that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's so, um, on the website, it said that you were building her little origami elephants. How did that come to be? Yeah. So when I was sitting in the hospital, my mom, like, cause this was her third time with a different cancer and like completely random cancers. So that's always a fun time to see. But she was like, you know, I don't think I can get through this cancer. Like it, it feels way worse. Um, mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, mom, like, and, like, you know, when you're fighting anything, it mindset matters so much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, you know, mom, it, you know, some days are going to be bad. Some days are going to be good. Um, you know, we take it one day at a time. And then she joked to me, she's like, well, how do you eat an elephant? And I'm like, I don't know how. And it's, you know, one bite at a time. So then yeah, yeah. with my ADHD and, you know, get it like jumping all into stuff all the time. And then I'm like, I'm going to make origami elephants um, and, you know, bring in words of positive motivation and stuff like that. And that's actually what you can see. These are all some of the elephants that I like um, put up just to remember. Um, but yeah, on the back, it's like, you know, today is going to be a good day. I am capable of hard things. 
fear is only a feeling it can't hold me back um and then like um i got this i will fight stuff like that so it was just like yeah. you know making or something every day that you know maybe could change the tide like one percent or something and i you know i joked to her i'm like you know i'm gonna make eight thousand eight hundred and eighty or like 88,888 elephants or something along those numbers. And I'm like, you know, one, one for every day that you're going to live from this day forward. Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, unfortunately didn't get to make that many, but um, yeah. I'm sure it was just as therapeutic for you as it was for her. Yeah. It was something to focus on outside yeah. of, um, you know, being in a hospital and especially cause it was 2022. So up here, our hospitals were still very much, um, like only like two family members or well, it's actually, it was like one family member at it, like supposed to be only visiting um, uh -huh. in a room. And then our family was able to get two. And then they kept adding a few more as the weeks got on, but it was very like, you know, we couldn't all be in the same spot at once. So it was like hanging out in the hospital and like the cafeteria or hanging yeah. out in like a sitting area while another family member went up to um, chat with her. Yeah. Yeah. Well, fortunately, at least you were in a position that you're able to be with her in some capacity. I know like just like maybe a year prior to that, like there was people that couldn't even be there. I, I can't even imagine like losing a family member and not being able to like be by their side, you know? Yeah. Well, and, and for the family members, like, like who are in the hospital, like, you know, you're, you're having something traumatic happen to you and you know, the only, the only people who are giving now nurses are great, but you know, you'll probably have a couple doctors who are yeah. um, no bedside manner and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And it's like, those would not be the people I'd want to spend my last moments with. Yeah. 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 That's, um, it's definitely a, a surreal type of experience to be part of. I am. Um, Man, this freaking this is a deep ass podcast we're getting into about freaking <laughs> optics. Yeah, it's the optics of this conversation. No, but like uh, I uh, I had a, my best friend since uh, growing up. Um, we were friends ever since second grade. He passed away this last year out of kind of like a, a a freak thing happened with his heart, and um, we all you know flew back there. It was me and some of his college buddies and his sister that were there on his bedside, and it was. Uh, it was definitely like, I remember thinking to myself, like, this feels like a movie right now. Like, this is like not, it, it's, it's just so weird, you know, to like be in that experience where you're like, like, you're almost like want to pinch yourself. Like, is this really like my life right now? You yeah. know? Well, and what, what I found weird was after she passed and then going home, it's like, and it, so at the time, like it, it happened in Calgary because that's where I'm from. Um, but Calgary Stampede was going on and it's like a million people event. So Calgary mm -hmm. was just like bumping. And it's just mm -hmm. weird to like, you know, you're in a car, like super, like my world just ended, like changed right. dramatically. And people are just going on with their normal day to day. Yeah. 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 It's kind of crazy. My wife watches all these like, like, I, like, like almost every other lady that it seems like they it seems like it's like a thing that they all like watching these murder shows you know and every time i watch those i always like they're like in 1997 on in september they were like and i'm always thinking to myself what was i doing right then you know like this family's <laughs> going through this like 
craziness, just like what you were saying. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So how are you sitting on the bed side of your mother making origami elephants and then decide like optics is what you, you want to like get into? How, <laughs> how did that, how did they, that tie together? Yeah, so it was about a two week window from when I launched the the idea of the company. So mom gone July 13th, um, brand started August 1st. But where it came from was, I was like, well, I want to build a brand that can encompass, you know, helping people have good days and more of them. So that's mm -hmm. where the, the name came from. And then how I got into optics was, I've been in the manufacturing space for about eight years making um, ski jackets, ski pants, base layers, socks, mitts, um, basically every item of apparel. And then I was playing around with goggles. And then looking at the space, um, probably a little naive, I'm like, oh, there's not that many um, small goggle brands. And, mm -hmm. you know, maybe I should have looked into that a little deeper to see that, <laughs> you, you know, it, it, it's the optic space is owned by Luxottica and 80% of it. Um, uh -huh. So that might, it, you know, it's like you have to grind for and build your base to get there. But um, yeah, that's where I was like, okay, I'll make ski goggles and, um, you know, in the, or to do that. And then so I'm like, well, what, like, that's very seasonal. What am I going to do in the summer? And I'm like, well, you know, sunglasses are kind of like the goggles of the winter. And my mom always had a pair on. So, mm -hmm. you know, let's do, let's play with sunglasses in the summer and play with goggles in the winter. Mm -hmm. yeah. So how do you, well, I guess you had the the experience with like the winter gear. So for you to step into goggles, it wasn't like a stretch. No, because um, I was already playing with them. Like I had prototyped a few different ones um, to see about making them for other people already, just not as a, you know, optics brand. And then mm -hmm. I was like, well, I'm going to just focus on, you know, one thing and do it really well. Because, you know, when you're making jack jackets, pants, gloves for a whole bunch of people, it's like you can't really do one thing amazingly great. So I'm like mm -hmm. one item per season kind of thing, maybe two. Because mm -hmm. um, like, yeah, I do have mountain bike goggles that are. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah, and we can, we, can, we can get to that for sure. So what was the process then? Were you working for another firm at the time where you were like kind of freelance kind of guy or? Um, so everything manufacturing was side um, hustles of mine. Uh, mm -hmm because so how and how, how i got into that space was i built one of the largest campus ski clubs in the world we were 2400 people in a campus of 11,000. so then that put me on track of building an organization called nisic which was north american association of ski and snowboard clubs um so then where the manufacturing was coming in was making other things for ski clubs because i'm like well why are we buying other people's brands and all this when you know a ski club comes to a brand and we're like hey we need like 10 20 jackets and they're like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, it's not that important to us because we're talking like 500 orders. I'm like, well, we can start manufacturing this stuff ourselves. Um, mm -hmm. So that's where I was making a lot of the stuff. And then, um, yeah, then I'm like, it's too much to do all this stuff. And I'm going to focus on and narrow it back and focus on, you know, just a couple of things because mm -hmm. uh, it was a lot to launch three things all at once. Mm -hmm. So how did you... So what, so you didn't have any schooling in this. It was just like something you were like, this is what I want to do or. Yeah. You know, I just kept playing and just kept trying and doing different things. Like my, my background is in my one degree is in materials engineering. So I did get to see like different coatings and um, playing with different materials in that regard. But mm -hmm. up in Alberta, 
we're a very um, oil and gas heavy market. So mm -hmm. a lot of our materials engineering is for like corrosion and mining and segregation. So it's like watching a lot of pipes rust and a lot of rocks um, mix around and settle rather than like the cool stuff that they do in like other schools for material or other provinces and country or um, states where they uh -huh. look at like Gore-Tex and, you know, building those kind of materials. Uh-huh. Got it. Got it. So did you have an idea of where to start for manufacturing or you're just like hit up Google and you're like, I want to make a jacket? Uh, yeah, just start talking to factories and figuring it out. And, you know, as you go, like, you know, I think my, fir my first contacts with factories were like, you know, um, third party wholesalers or whichever who could make them for you because that's the people who are like going out it's not the factories so then you know once you continue to build relationships and figure out how that all works and you get to talk to like actual factories and employees rather than like a middle a middle person mm -hmm. and that's the thing where i'm trying to understand is like how do you do that like for me i had some stuff made but i like went to alibaba and like found a company on there it seemed like it had some good reviews and it seemed like i was dealing strictly with the factory but i don't know you know yeah it usually seems like because i i've had friends who play with it and you know do that regard it usually seems like you're talking to the factory but it's usually like um usually like someone who's a little separate and um that regard but as it comes it's like you know you go and visit um you go have or you find someone who lives over there and does all the 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 dirt digging for you and figuring it out and figuring out who to talk to and that and you know it wasn't like this was a day one project mm -hmm. it's like i already had people um with like an eight-year relationship um in some oh, okay cases. yeah because so you've been doing this for a while with the with the with the, the school pro or uh, school team mm -hmm. so then how do you how do you go from not having a product at all to like you had some prototypes you did for some other people like what was it that you took in into consideration in, in building that that first set of goggles yeah so i had some ideas of what i wanted like you know i want it to breathe really well um want to use better clarity coatings and stuff because you know our our eyes naturally blend blue and greens together um whereas like you know you can put coatings on that to spread out the the waves so then you can see it crisper um and then had an idea of shapes and then talking with the factories like because like you know my i'm not an expert in designing a sunglass and i'm not an expert in designing a goggle i know what i want and that but it's also listening to the factories who have been doing it for 20 plus years and like you know we've tried it this way done it this way and then you know which way or they're like oh we didn't try it like this let's go down that path so it was a lot of um collaboration when we were building everything Mm hmm. And then through that process, like, do you have to buy like a thousand or like 10,000? Like how many do you have to buy to get started? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a thousand and up. Um, uh -huh. And then it's figuring out ways to, um, you know, you can make things modular, you can share parts, you can do this and that to then hopefully um, better um, utilize your high MOQs. But mm -hmm. that, and that's, you know what I would say for anyone who wants to start something or build something, don't find the the factories or whichever who will be like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll do it on a minimum order quantity of one or 10, because those are the small factories that, you know, are trying to get into the space. Quality control isn't there. You might, you know, you order an extra large and it comes out to be an extra small um, yeah. or, or vice versa. Um, 
but it's like, you know, figure out the ways of, you know, the companies that are have a minimum order quantity of thousands to 10,000 to even bigger than that. If, you know, you, you have a market for it already, but it's like, or if the price is right for widgets of like 10,000 units for um, how you're going to um, evaluate pricing and everything, but then talk down, be like, okay, you know, you guys normally take a 10,000 order quantity. How about we have a conversation of like, let's test it out and do this. Maybe let's, will you let us do like a couple thousand? Um, yeah. And then, but we're going to build the relationship. So then like, you know, the next order, you know, we're coming back for that 10,000. We just need to make sure it fits with our yeah. customer. Base. Yeah. I had some like different merch pieces made for the channel and uh, I definitely was looking for the low MOQ guys. <laughs> and uh, I, I think on one of them, I, 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 got lucky with the company that I ended up with. And then another one, it was definitely quite the experience that I learned a lot of things from. <laughs> yeah. And it's, uh, there's a lot, the one thing that I really learned in that those couple of products that I made was don't take anything for granted. So like in my mind where I'm like, yeah, just make this the right size, you know, like, like obviously they know what this thing is like if you don't say exactly what you want you will definitely not get that <laughs> well and yeah if you just say sizing of like extra large well extra large is vastly different in asia than it is north america so it's like you need to like measure every piece and be like i need it to be like 100 inches here you know 75 inches here zippers yeah. like whatever because if not, they're just will grab anything um, and make it work for them rather than you. Yeah, I had one that I had, uh, I made this like um, this bottle opener. I don't even have one right here in front of me. But anyway, so this like steel bottle opener is like the shape of a, a credit card, but it's like also looks like a beer can. And um, one of the, the, the designs like I sent them and we were gonna, we were changing things and somewhere along the line, the design got like cockeyed by like a couple of degrees, you know, just like I went in changed something and maybe like an illustrator just like moved my mouse as I was hitting save and like, just like kicked it over or something. And it was one of those things where whenever I got the product and it was like that, it's like on one hand, you're like, well, that's what I sent them. You know, and on the other hand, you're like, like, they didn't put that into the program and be like, that's crooked. They're just like, yeah, this is what he sent us. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a lesson I learned. I'm like, man, we're buying these again. And now I have a bunch of freebies that are just a little off. So somebody out there, there's probably a, a couple hundred people that have that bottle opener. That's now they're looking, did I get the fucked up one? Or did <laughs> well, and and no one else will probably ever notice until you point it out um, yeah. but it's like always in your mind and you're like oh that's the cockeyed one but yeah. never tell the person otherwise it's like then they notice <laughs> yeah 100 and that's the thing is like i think um I, i'm adhd as as well as you and and i think i like hyper focus on a lot of things that um most people just don't even notice where i'm like you can't tell that that black is not the same color as that black this thing like this is really bothering the hell out of me and they're like what are you talking about I'm like it's all i see so yeah yeah so so how does that go from so I, i'm assuming that process takes a uh 
like a few months to kind of work out like what you're going to make or whatever. And then you put this order in and you're waiting for it to show up. In the meantime, you're like just figuring you're going to do this all like e-commerce or what? Yeah, predominantly e-commerce and everything. And then, yeah, that was kind of a my bad mistake when I launched is, you know, it's August. I'm like, I'm going to do sunglasses. Um, so prototyping sunglasses, I'm like, wait a second. As I get samples sent to me and everything, it's like September already. So, you know, there's no point in making sunglasses just to sit on all winter. So I'm like, quick, quickly pivot to goggles. Um, mm -hmm. And I was playing a little bit, but it was like, okay, hyper, like speed it up and get this going. Um, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, product arrived December, um, then started selling January. Um, but yeah, all e-commerce direct to consumer because it's mm -hmm. it, it allows me to control um, as a small brand how we interact, how it gets interacted with um, the customers, how they get treated, how they um, get everything, how the warranty claims work, and everything. And then. Mm -hmm. As we grow, like we, we do a lot of pop-up events. So we'll go mountain bike to like mountain bike events here locally and um, in Revelstoke and Fernie and Kelowna. Um, and then what I want to build is like a mobile store. So then mm -hmm. it'll be like food truck, but retail. Um, mm -hmm. And then just like drive it to all the events and everything. Yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen some other brands and of uh, things do that at some different mountain bike stuff where they just basically build out a sprinter and it's like a retail space and a sprinter, you know, like, yeah. so this is not bad. So yeah. Yeah. yeah I think my, so, my, my dream setup would be like a 30 foot RV with like a, um, then like a double axle trailer enclosed. Um, that's big enough to fit. So I like to build weird cars. So I'm building, um, up a 1999 Honda CRV. We lifted it, um, put a turbo kit on it. And then I'm like, this would be fun to like put it in the back, fully wrapped. Um, and then when we go drive the motorhome down to wherever, drop off the trailer, pull out the the little CRV, take those back to the the campsite or wherever we go, and then just put around in the fully branded, weird looking um, CRV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds fun. Yeah. So before I get sidetracked on the CRV. <laughs> yeah. So, so how did you, uh, how did you launch? Like what, what was your, what was your strategy? Yeah. So I originally was like, oh, I'm going to make a pair of sunglasses or goggles and, you know, I'll just price it at this. And then I'm like, you know, and then I was watching some podcasts and like listening to more entrepreneurs when I launched and they're like, you know, the riches are in the, and then, and then the riches are in the niches. Um, so it's like niche yourself out, figure out one problem and solve it really good. Don't try to do everything for everyone. So then I'm like, actually, I'm going to be the sunglass or goggle company that replaces scratch lenses, breaking them by yourself. So like if we crash into a tree or anything like that, or drive over them and if you lose them. So if we have too many apre, um, drinks or anything after, and you forget your pair of sunglasses, well, I'm going to be the, the brand that replaces it. Um, mm -hmm. and then that you know, has allowed me to grow semi fast. It, you, you know, when, when people hear like our warranty and everything, they're like, well, why would I, when I'm ready to buy, why would I go anywhere else? Mm -hmm. um, so, so what was your launch strategy then? So you just decide like, I, I'm, I've been in tech for a long time and a lot of people think 
yeah, you just make a website and then people come there and, and that doesn't work <laughs> that way. So um, what was what was your plan? Um, yeah, so my my plan always has been very community focused. Um, mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, at, like day one was building a Instagram account um, before mm -hmm. we even had a website. So then we can start talking to people and finding the people. Um, mm -hmm. And because it is a slow train to convince anyone to do something different. It's like, you should be talking. And like, that's the thing is like, you know, we have blog posts, we show behind the scenes and show mm -hmm. the journey and the story because like, that's how you get people um, mm -hmm. to join your community and everything. So like focus way before. So yeah, that was our mission is like, you know, build the community, engage with people, comment on their stuff, um, just be friends in the optic space, um, mm -hmm. you know, and probably not anyone on this channel, but you know, anyone who follows us, I'll try and send them a message and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And most people are shocked by that. Cause they're like, why is a brand talking to me? And it's like, well, why a brand should talk to you. Like, you know, mm -hmm. it's, yeah, I can build something cool, but it's, you know, your community that brings it up. So it's like, you know, it's not anything I build. It's what my community builds that makes it special. So that's where the focus should be on is like, mm -hmm. you know, engaging with the consumers, building stuff really cool um that make them want to stay because mm -hmm. when i first launched i was like oh you know i'm gonna be the only pair of sunglasses that someone buys once and never again because like i cover everything else and it's like well no but when when i don't nickel and dime my customers over like you know if they scratch their lens on day one or lost lost their sunglasses on day five they come back for the second pair they come back for the other goggles and because we build some really cool limited edition um apparel with different artists and everything they're they're spending a hundred to three hundred dollars on um t-shirts and hoodies as a as a lifestyle brand mm -hmm. do you think the uh level of communication is sustainable as you grow i think so um yeah. like like the brand i look at um so much is liquid death um mm -hmm. the water company is like you know they they signed an 82 year old grandma as their spokeswoman she draw it's like she's a big drummer and everything and it's like you know doing weird or different stuff that engages with your community um mm -hmm. goes way further like they're the 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 fastest consumer growing brand in the last three years i think down there mm -hmm. um, so it's like you know when you don't focus on like little tiny things and just go and like engage with people and you know build stuff that you know maybe you spent a hundred and fifty thousand dollars on an event and you know mm -hmm. you'll never get $150,000 of sales in that, in, in that thing, you like, you can't measure it, but it's like by doing those things, it comes in different ways that is un, uh, unmeasurable. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that, um, your warranty is amazing and that, um, with that, obviously you have to like, kind of like put into your cost that kind of projected like what percentage of these type of scenarios that you'll have to support. So that in turn, like makes your price high and, and how do you like, how do you combat like somebody just coming to your website and looking at the price and thinking, Oh, wow, that's super hot. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so try to try to communicate what we're all about. I won't mm -hmm. convince everyone. Um, yeah. and that, that, that's totally okay. We're, we're a one-year-old brand. I can't be 
everything for everyone. I'm, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a brand right now for the person who um, hates doing all that stuff. And it's similar to like the Tesla model is, you know, they started with a 250k electric sports car. They weren't a sport. They weren't a car for everyone. Then they right. then they slowly went down, made a 100k car and then slowly went down as they grow. Um, and and that's the that's the game set for um, good day. Like I know I'm a I'm a high priced item, um, mm -hmm. but comparatively, you know, I'm in the same price point of a little bit higher than Smith and Oakley. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think for me, whenever I when I first went to this site, I did just like somebody did in the comments, like, holy crap, that's expensive. But mm -hmm. once I, I looked at the warranty, then it was like, oh, well, but wait a minute. Like, this is, like you said earlier, like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, so how's he doing this? Now you're like, I buy this one pair of sunglasses. I'm set for the rest of my life as long as I like that style. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So, so in that aspect, it's like, oh, well, I mean, that's not a high price. Like, even if you did it once, like. Callie's helmets are kind of back behind me there and they have a, a 100% crash replacement. Like mm -hmm. you pay shipping and that's it. Yeah. Like to me, that makes it worth it like over any other helmet that's the same price or if they are more expensive because it's like nobody else is doing that. Yeah. You know, where it's like, dude, you crash your helmet, you get another one for free for like shipping, which is like 20 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like nobody does that. If anybody yeah. does, it's like 50% maybe. You, you know yeah. what I mean? So, I, I mean, to me, I get it, but it's definitely one of those things where, where that's like a, uh, something you have to be able to communicate with your, your customers, yeah. like, well, you know what I mean? Oh, a hundred percent. Um, and I, I know I'll get people who click off it and stuff like that. It's like mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to learn and grow and get them to stay. Um, and you know, as we go, we'll continue it, but it's like, mm -hmm. you know, at the start, you know, I could, I could have cut the tech, cut a, cut the warranty and you've been, you know, been a much cheaper pair of sunglasses, but what, then that I, what makes you stand out. Yeah. Well, what makes me stand out. And when you're building something at the start, finding a customer is the hardest thing to do. It, um, you know, so I could find one customer at $400 or I could find 10 customers at 40 bucks. And it's the yeah. same amount. It's the same amount of difficulty because now at 40 bucks, I have nothing to stand out for. I have nothing to do this. So then it's, you know, harder to build that message um, yeah. that resonates with someone exactly. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. So you start with building your community on on Instagram, and whatnot. So do you? Is your mindset like I'm just going to go to events and kind of get the word out that way, or what kind of of marketing did did you plan on doing to get people to know that you're selling things? Yeah, so I try and find every um, community and try to talk to them at least once. Some, you know, might not be interested now because we're too small. But you know, you find you find your your the people you jive with and go from there. So, you know, we we support basically I think every mountain bike community or, or a lot of them in Edmond or in Alberta. Um, but the cool thing that we do is we'll design products for different groups. Um, so like limited edition goggles, um, one of them we just launched or launched a couple this week was one with was was with World Ride mountain bike. Um, mm -hmm. So they found a local artist to design the super cool strap. We have it on our website pre order 30% of total sales goes to, you know, raising funds for them. And that's what we've seen big um, traffic with is like, you know, that gets a lot of people going real fast. 
Um, so mm -hmm. that's where I'm, I'm focusing on a lot now is, you know, finding those different community groups and having them be our li liaisons and, you know, having those one-on-one -on -one conversations. So then they can have the conversations with, you know, they have 500, 1,000, 2,000 up um, groups. Yeah. Yeah. So like brand collaborations almost, something like that. Yeah. Just with, with smaller um, communities because a mm -hmm. lot of, you know, we, you'll see an artist or someone who's working with one of the bigger brands, they'll have like 150K um, or like, you know, you'll find a community that has 150K. And it's like, you know, when I built my ski club, we, we weren't anything special. Like, you know, we were, mm -hmm. we were just a smaller group of, you know, people who wanted to do something cool. And, you know, that's how I resonate with a lot of people is like, you know, there's a lot of cool communities out there that are doing some things that, you know, don't get to, to see the limelight and get told like, hey, this is like amazing what you're doing. Like, let's, let, can I help you make it bigger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So you were talking about your 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 process of, of coming up with the the goggle and like what you were taking in consideration. One of them you had mentioned like different coatings and stuff like that. So do you have a proprietary kind of formula that you're using for your lenses? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we call it vision VZN. Um, probably should it, maybe it's like the same as prism when it first started out, people are like, people are like, what's a, what's a VZN or what, you know, what's a, what's a Vzon or what, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, it's just vision. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, it's going to be super easy to think. And then you're like, oh, surprisingly, people still. Um, yeah, dude, like... <laughs> this is the story of my life. So for the first, let's say, four years that I did my YouTube channel, I started every video with, what's up, YouTube? My name's Robert. This is the Biker Channel. I feel like that's pretty, like, pretty easy to follow. But... <laughs> I can tell you to this day, like even last weekend, had somebody roll up and they're like, biker V1 or biker one. <laughs> it's like, dude, it's just biker. That's it. I thought it would be really easy because it's just biker and that's who we are. But uh, no, man, you throw that one in there and it fucks everybody up. So, <laughs> yeah, so Kate. When, you, when you said the VZN, I was like, oh yeah, I know where this is going real quick. <laughs> yeah. Take out, take out three letters and change it to a Z and... It's just yeah. mind mind blown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens though, man. It's not oh, yeah. like anybody's doing it on purpose by any means. But so you have this uh, this proprietary thing. So what's the um, you know obviously without the 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 exact how tos like what does that do for people? Yeah. So how I talked about you know blues and greens being very blended together, it doesn't make a lot of things pop for our natural mm -hmm. eyes. So that's what our coatings do. Is it you know it helps that um clarity just gets seen a lot better um, mm -hmm. and spot things out so i would assume that coating is probably different on your mountain bike goggles versus your ski goggles or is it very similar or very similar um just with the different colors and um letting things in because with well i mean with mountain biking you see um you, you see low light too um, mm -hmm. but skiing is very cloudy and, you know, we're trying to pick up on the, on the pinks and everything. Cause it's a white background where with greens, you kind of want to blend it with a, a blue or a brown to kind of make that pop. Mm -hmm. So if somebody's looking through the, the ski goggle, what would the general perception of the color of the lens be? Um, our, so we, our low light is a pink rose with a, with a blue tint. So then it really mm -hmm. helps, um, 
those kind of mix together nicely. Mm -hmm. And then on our on our sunny day, it's a it's a it's a it's a gray. Yeah, like a gray color. Okay. Yeah. And then is that then a pinkish color as well with the mountain biking stuff or? Um, we're gonna go. We're gonna go probably clear and a little bit lighter, and then potentially uh -huh. look at um, doing high tech, um, very sensitive, photochromatic. Um, just because I found in biking, photochromatic kind of, you know, especially yeah. with the trees, like changes quite a bit. But mm -hmm. you, you know, I'm I'm always open to feedback. There's people who know things better than me, but you know, I can. That that's what I, you, you know, really loved is. You know, in August and September, people were like, oh, do you have photochromatic? And I'm like, no, not yet. And then I'm like, hey, factory, like, let's make photochromatic right now. And then we're prototyping it immediately because, you know, a lot of people who wear their mountain bike, they that's what they predominantly go to is photochromatic immediately. Yeah, you know, I have um, I wear Oakley a lot and or that's pretty much all I wear. And uh, um, they have the prism lenses so that that's like that pinkish orange almost of a color yeah. and they um and they pull that um like as far as the dirt goes like they make the little like variations in the dirt like a little bit easier to kind of see so like you can kind of pick up on that like mm -hmm. what the ground looks like but they do have some like downsides to like like a sunset kind of time of day there's some mm -hmm. spots where like i like will turn a corner and be like blind you, you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but but for the most part they're pretty good but i also have a pair of photochromatics that originally i bought those just for um night riding because in my mind i was like you know sometimes these will or most of the time that i'm using night riding they're just going to be clear but if i'm like going to go ride somewhere that's really woodsy where it gets super dark like Santa Cruz here and that it, like it's it, it's the woods that are like they're just dark in there you know <laughs> and and because of that like those Oakley ones even though they brighten things up they don't do a good enough of a job to mm -hmm. like or how dark it gets in the in there's that forest so yeah I started wearing the photochromatics a little bit more because of those kind of reasons and I can see how people could get used to that I I wonder is there like is it a way to like get photochromatic, but you're like light be kind of the, the pinky color and then it just, just gets darker or is it like, that's, that's impossible what I'm trying to no, say. No, cause um, if someone wants to scroll back through our Instagram, you can, or maybe I didn't put it on our story, but it was on when I was chatting LinkedIn, we played with three different photochromatic lenses. So we played with the gray, we played with the blue and we played with an orange. And oh, okay. the, the, the unfortunate thing is, you know, everyone it split it three ways like people were like 30 percent of people like the black 30 percent yeah. like the blue and 30 percent like the the orange so i'm like eh, i think i'm just gonna make all three so but then it then i don't know it, it, it it's hard because then it's like you know you give people too much choice and then they make no decision yeah yeah no I, that's that's definitely a thing as well um it's interesting how how things play out like that it's like so many things that you wouldn't think of that it's better to have like three t-shirts to choose from instead of 20. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, that first season you get the, the snow goggles launched and kind of what was the, what was the reception where you like, this is awesome. I'm flying around the world tomorrow on my private jet. <laughs> um, 
I don't, I, I mean, if I had a billion dollars, then, you know, to grow something, you can just make it fast. Cause you, you know, you're not, you're not caring about like profitability at that point. You're just like shoot to grow and then we'll get efficient yeah. where I've always been like, I like to be profitable first and then just yeah. invest back into it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been going over well. Like we, we, uh, five X our demand, um, in winter of what I thought. And then we mm-hmm. did the same thing in the summer with our sunglasses. And, you know, I'm currently thinking we'll probably see another um, big boost because, you know, once someone comes in, they kind of they kind of stay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. About us. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I, I think the the warranty alone is enough to get other people interested. You, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a, it, it's it's risky. You know what I mean? in terms of like the potential for abuse but on the other hand it's like um more people are probably honest than when one would think (laughs) and then outside of that though but it really makes you stand out it really does and that's Mm -hmm. um i think that is worth it on its own you know well that's what that's what we say in the warranty is like you know if you're if you're claiming a pair of sunglasses every day for the next like 20 days and giving it like we know you're not doing that yeah or you know let's actually have a real conversation to figure out why you're losing something that fast so often or breaking <laughs> something fast um right. but it's like okay so that person voids the warranty so they don't get it anymore but now i have another 19 people who are hyping this up to like because like he's like th- their friends are like oh good day optics stands behind their warranty that's phenomenal because you know i bet you everyone who's listening they can name one warranty issue or one problem of dealing with the company so if i can be the company that like oh you know we put our word out there so not then i have 20 people out of this mm-hmm. goggle or whatever they bought all being like oh you should check out good day optics because yeah i'm a i'm a douche and abuse the system but <laughs> <laughs> like that the, the, they 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 stood behind it yeah 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 like they're marketing for you whether they realize it or not is what you're yeah. saying yeah so um that first season goes well I, I guess what i was saying is like the 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 goggles went i'm assumingly well and as soon as they hit market i guess you start crank, cranking back on the the sunglasses again like on trying to get the design done or were you wrapped up at the same time uh yeah trying to get the design done um again i've been great at missing exactly like let's launch at the optimal time um so, you, you know, I'm usually fighting myself a little bit because it's like, you know, I started prototyping sunglasses and everything in March because I'm like, oh, it'll be like a 60 day turnaround. They'll come like May and be great. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, nope, they didn't come till I think July 1st. So oh, I, yeah. I missed half. Same thing with the goggles, right? Like, you know, my goggles arrived like December 25th or December, some late, late December. So, again, I mm-hmm. miss a little bit of the season. Um, but so, yeah, I usually battle myself a little bit, but that's, you know, the, the joys of learning, you know, if you think it's 60 days or think it's anything, double it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's if not more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I think the thing with sunglasses is that like people do wear them all year though. So it's probably just not as much of a sale in, in the, in the summer, but I think you're, you're probably all right on that. So. <laughs> What did you do um, sunglass wise? Like what, what was your plan for your design to like make that stand out? Yeah. So I, I had originally was just going to do 
um, the glasses that I am wearing because they're, they're named. After, so I was like, because that's how I started in goggles was one. And then I'm like quickly heard from all my mountain bike friends like, hey, let's do and cycling friends and running like, hey, you should look at making an oversized thing immediately. So I'd actually launch with two and, you know, go from um, go from there. And um, yeah, it was like, OK, so with the with the the cycling ones i wanted to you know have my have the best ability to not have fog because with any of those sports you know you get hot right away and then so hang on maybe i'm missing something so um did you go into sunglasses for biking in the summer or did you go into like more like lifestyle like regular sunglasses for the summer um started with lifestyle first so the uh -huh. melissa's and then um, so for people that are listening, it's kind of like almost like a frog skin kind of Ray Ray Band. kind of kind of hybrid, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, you know, a lot of biking people who I was friends with were like, Are you gonna make something bigger for me? Because I don't like having the frame um in my field of vision. I'm like, oh no. And then I was just like, Oh, let's see if I can add something on quickly, get a smaller MOQ. Um, mm -hmm. as we produce because I'm already producing and do two products at once. Um, so you were thinking that people would ride with those glasses because you were like, you personally probably were content with that type of glasses? No, well, I, I originally wasn't going after, like at this point when I was launching, I wasn't really a mountain biker. I wouldn't have classified myself as a mountain biker. Uh -huh. So I wasn't thinking at it you until. Yeah. Until so it wasn't I, even in your scope at that point. You were just like, I'm making sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just make a lifestyle one. And I'm, I'm, I was big water sports, so paddleboarding, kayaking, um, being on boats and everything. So then I'm like, right. I'm, I'm just gonna make a lifestyle one and make sure it floats because I hate uh -huh. losing my sunglasses to the water. Uh, so they float. <laughs> yeah. So the Melissa's the, so yeah, when people people go to the website and they go to the sunglass collection, the reason why it says seize the day and sea is or seas is spelled s-e-a-s -S, as in like ocean is because mm -hmm. they they float and have seawater protection on them so the salt doesn't eat them right on so what's the what's the situation there because i'm sure a lot of people don't even know what you're talking about what's the uh, deal with this, the seawater yeah so seawater is really bad for lens coatings and basically all plastics like it just if you don't wash them after that salt will do what salt does and start eating away and eat corroding things um so. interesting yeah. yeah i can't tell you how many pairs of my sunglasses i've definitely worn in the ocean and had zero idea what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know like one or two times you probably don't notice it it's like when you continually are in that water and you know then you'll see like oh after probably probably 30 to 60 times you'll start to see like oh these lenses aren't like you'll just maybe start to feel them being a little pitted and everything and they won't clean as well anymore. And the like the, just a lot more glary. Mm, this makes so much more sense why my Oakley's are doing what they're doing. Cause I'm one of those heavy sweater kind of guys. <laughs> so essentially every time I ride, I'm putting my sunglasses in the ocean and not cleaning them. So I'm learning lessons today. Thank you, Jared. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so basically you start this lifestyle brand. First of all, let me back up here. How did you get them to float? Um, using special types of plastic, just using a lighter material. 
um, rather than using heavier plastics allows mm -hmm. you to make something that floats. Right on. And then, um, and then I'm sure it's still like a, a balancing act then of getting something that's durable and the right amount of flexible and still comfortable. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So was that just like kind of leaning on your factory in that aspect or like you had some things in mind or. Uh, yeah. I, I, I was chatting with um, them and I was like, Hey, let's, you know, cause there are a few brands who do floating and I'm like, can we do this? And I'm like, you know, can we figure out what materials are being used? And like, oh yeah, we can pro that's the, that's the interesting thing about when you manufacture in um, Asia is nothing is it, if you let everyone have your data, it like, like it, it goes through everything. Like they share mm -hmm. it, like nobody's business, like there's nothing proprietary yeah. there. So that's like, you know, where we, when I do the coatings and everything, like, you know, I make sure the person there is like my employee and not, um, someone else because it's like if we don't get that right my technology is going to another brand immediately um, yeah 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 there's <laughs> definitely not much stopping them over there <laughs> yeah um sure. so then i'm like well you guys probably interact with or have someone or know someone who has a floating pair of sunglasses and I'm like mm. yep and i'm like okay let's go figure out what they're using in those materials because i you know, I'm not a, I haven't been playing in the optic space and playing with floating materials. I, you know, I played with corrosions mm -hmm. and I played with um, different coatings like Gore-Tex and stuff. So mm -hmm. I was like, let's, let's figure out. Yeah. So like you, you asked hundred percent factory help with that. Yeah. 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 That's rad. So, I mean, that's definitely like, that's one less way that you could lose your glasses and have to use the warranty. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and we, as we grow, we continue to add more and more things. So Currently, we're build we're building like we're miniaturizing uh, uh, tracking things like tracking tags, so like a tile or an air tag, but like making it like this big, um, so like a millimeter or two. And then what I'll do is probably just have them embedded into the frame, um, mm -hmm. and then similar to like you know how your iPhone charges, just drop it on a on a pad once in a while and charge that back up. But then this allows me to be like, hey, when someone is you know having fun at a bar now your phone is telling you oh hey hey dumbass you uh y y your sunglasses are you know 50 meters away from you now instead of in your pocket like they're supposed to be that's pretty cool yeah. so then um that would just use the apple technology itself so it wouldn't be like you have to build your own application to notify people or anything like that yeah like we're still playing with it so yeah we can get it to pick up on like AirTag and everything, or like Apple, like yeah. find my thing. Um, but we might go full app eventually because like then all, all our technology can live in there because like I want to build 3D scanning. So then, you know, you use your the LiDAR in your phone. So then it scans your face. So then I can um, custom, custom make a goggle um, or ah. sunglasses to then fit bigger faces or smaller faces. So then, you know, that, that would have to live somewhere. Like we could have it on a website, but then it's yeah. like, you know, if we're starting to do that, like have all our stuff in there, have our virtual try on in the app, but then we can build our own, um, like have community stuff built in yeah. there too. Cause like yeah, currently, no, yeah, like just with where like every, like there doesn't seem to be like one good conversation, um, app anymore. It's like, you know, some people are in discord, some people are in WhatsApp, some people are in Facebook, some people are, yeah. um, like using MDMs, yeah. but yeah. then it's like if we had our own app, then it's the people who really love and want to come out to our events and 
you know, engage with the brand a lot stronger can do that right in there mm -hmm. rather than yeah, being like, because I think people would have an easier time um, downloading an app that, that for a brand they love rather than be like, hey, I want you to use Discord to like join our community if someone isn't a gamer or student. Yeah, or yeah. Or if you're using the app to, like you said, like try them on or you're using the app to like, there's other reasons to have it other than just like communicating with with your optics company, like I, I can see then it being like, Hey, just shoot us a message on our app. You, you know what I mean? Like that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, and then we could have our returns and warranty, um, in there. So it's like, you know, you don't have to go to some weird website, fill in everything. It's like, Hey, you know, it's all kind of saved yeah. with you already. And you can, you can chat with us a lot faster. Yeah. Yeah. I could see building that out. That makes sense to me in, in that aspect. At first I was like, I don't know, man, you might be spending some money and some time on doing something that doesn't matter. But I think in the, um, in the way that people communicate nowadays, that I would think that and I'm going to go out on a limb here. I would think that a app is probably more powerful than having a website at this day and age. Mm -hmm. Like it's just like just so much easier for people to like get your information that way. I mean, so even there's a lot of startups like tech startups where they're app based and basically the website is only like a splash page telling you to download the app. <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean? And it's like, and other than that, it's like, no, there's nothing there. There's no other information going on here. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, like most people are surfing the web on their mobile device over yeah. um, an actual, like at their computer, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's interesting. It's a, definitely an interesting thought process to, to kind of go down that path. So, so you start making these uh, lifestyle glasses. Next thing you know, your buddies are like, or your, your customers are like, Hey man, how about some, some real riding glasses? So how do, how do you, how do you pivot then? <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it wasn't really much of a pivot because I used the, like, just used our contacts and our resources and like, Hey, mm -hmm. let's set, you know, let's, let's build something, um, for cycling and biking and everything. And they're like, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, we've, we've done it for other people. So, you know, it's not a hard ask to like, let's, let, let's do a 20,000 minimum order quantity or something mm -hmm. wild like that. I'm like, yeah, how about we, since I'm already building stuff in, in the factory, how about we make it like, you know, same size. Um, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. Eh. I'm like, yeah. Cause like, if it goes well, you know, I'm coming back to you, but if you, you know, you strangle out your, um, builder before they even get, um, going, it's like, yeah. then I'm just like in debt and like, right. not like, yeah. So yeah. that class, that set of, of glasses that you brought out is more like a frameless kind of design yeah like frame yeah frameless on the bottom um just on the top and then um kind of like i'm just trying to give somebody something that's listening maybe uh like a um trying to think of what that uh what are they called um i mean like smith i think they're the hellcats or something mm -hmm. um you know something like that like big that, yeah. that big frame um oversized sunglasses um that yeah, I'm trying to, there's, a, there's another brand of sunglasses too that's like a little bit not 100 percent, but they're like always pit like Viper? Real wild colors and, huh pit viper yeah kind of like that yeah yeah 
So, um, so essentially now th those are the three models that you have. It's just the goggles, the sunglasses, or I'm sorry, sunglasses, and then the mountain biking sunglasses. And then later you decided then to do mountain bike goggles as well. Yeah. So then I was like, like, cause we did a, we did a spherical goggle, um, at the start and just with where people like the look of the cylindrical shape, you know, the flat lens, even though mm -hmm. it's not as good of for clarity or anything for some strange reason people like them more just like you know how they look um in the mountain biking goggles is what you're saying and skiing um, okay so like you know you'll see ski goggles like very high-end ones be um uh spherical so it it curves in both directions where cylindrical is just one um side curvature mm -hmm. um, or one axis curvature so then um I was like, okay, people need a cylindrical um, design or they want it for snowboarding. And I'm like, and now people keep asking me, are you going to make a mountain bike goggle? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I, at this time, I'm like, you know, not a downhiller person. I, I mean, now I'm doing it on my um, 100 millimeter um, travel um, hardtail bike. But, you know, I, I get down it and have fun. Um, but so then I'm like, okay, what wh what is this here? And then I'm like, wait a second, mountain bike goggles look very similar to ski goggles. Um, mm -hmm. Like, like what's going on here? Let's, let's do a deep dive. And so really the only difference that you'll see between, you know, a snowmobile goggle or a, a dirt bike goggle, um, so like different season, is the number of layers of lenses. Mm -hmm. So because we use magnets to do quick change and everything, um, mm -hmm. I'm like, well, what if I made a goggle that did all seasons? Um, mm -hmm. you know, when, when, like, and cause like my mindset, I'm like, you know, I don't want to nickel and dime people. I just want to do something, do it well and do it right. Um, so I could be like every company, I could have a $200 mountain bike goggle and I could have a $300 ski goggle and, mm -hmm. you know, they would be very identical. The only difference being is how, how many layers of lenses you get in there. Um, mm -hmm. and, and then, but then I was like, or what if I use the same frame and make it a mountain bike goggle if they want the single layer lens or ski goggle and do a two layer lens. So then, mm -hmm. yeah. And then for the people who do both sports, it's like, Hey, in the winter, put your winter lenses on in the summer, put your summer lenses in. So then it's like mm -hmm. one goggle to do both sports. Mm -hmm. So like the shape doesn't change any difference with like thinking of having a mountain bike helmet on versus having a, a ski or snowboard helmet on. No, I mean, with, with mountain biking and being full face, you can't go as big. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, you also don't need the hugest goggle to have the best vision. It's how it's, mm -hmm. you know, shaped on your face, how far away it sits and everything like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I got it as doing both the best abilities in both worlds um, mm -hmm. for distance away. Um, and I've had people mountain bike with it as their prototype and ski with it and mm -hmm. both liked it. And then you said that the goggles or that the lenses are using magnets to change. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, for you, I can show you and then I can do described video. So Jared is grabbing the goggle and then <laughs> grab the lens and then yeah, now they cool separate and yeah. then the magnets grab it back together and put it on. <laughs> yeah. That actually like, seems so logical that you wonder why a lot of other people aren't doing the same thing. 
So because changing your lenses is like a pain in the ass, almost no matter which pair of goggles you have. Yeah. So this is what I've found. And like, you know, when you own 80% of the market, you can do basically whatever you want and everyone else follows you. Um, mm -hmm. But so I was in, Rev I was in um, a mountain town um, this summer and people saw my, uh, a couple reps saw my floating sunglasses. And the thing they told me immediately was, oh, that is bad for repeat purchases. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that should not be the mentality we have when why we don't have technology in our stuff like oh because we someone won't repeat purchase it like oh if they lose it in the water that means that they have to go buy another 300 dollars pair of goggles it's or like sunglasses it's like how about we start putting technology in things that makes it better for the end user rather than the the person's wallet like yeah yeah i mean because for me i know like i'd come back because i want that other color yeah. You know what I mean? Or like that, like, or later when you have a different style yeah. then I'm like, well, I'm going to go with these guys. They have a badass warranty and I'm not going to drop them in the lake. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And then when you put the customer first, they want to stay. Like when you don't treat them like a dollar sign, like mm -hmm. people are like, oh, new product. Okay. I'll try it out. Or like you said, like, why would I go? What? Like, it, if a brand is treating you well, why would you go look and doing things to push the needle forward? Why would you go look elsewhere? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's pretty rad, man. I really, I, um, I think that your, your mindset is, um, the way that things should be instead of how, like, so like, let's just say like maybe capitalist driven or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, where it's all really about the dollar. I think that you're looking at it from a different aspect where it's like, okay, well, maybe I'm not like trying to bend them over on, on how much money I can make, but instead I can make a good customer that then will make the money. Yeah. Well, why can't I make a product that's good for you and then try and make something else that you might like? Like, yeah. why do I need to do that? Just be, why do I just need to continually have you buy that one product? Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. like, cause when I, like when I first launched, it was like, yeah, I'm, you know, probably never going to see anyone. And then now they just stay and bring a friend and I'm like, this is kind of cool. I'm going to keep doing this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I heard you say earlier that the one, um, model name was the Melissa. Is there yeah. uh, something that you're using for the, where, where are the names coming up for the models? So yeah, when I was building the brand, I was like, because my mom, my mom allowed me to start the company. Um, and then I was like, oh, to remember my mom, I'm going to name the flagship sunglasses the Melissa. And mm -hmm. when I when I originally uh, was going to start, I was going to be like, oh, you know, women women's products named after men who inspired me and men's products named after women who inspire the company. And when I say me, I mean, I, I, I just live my brand. So that's why I always get it um, mixed up. But it's like, you know, people who inspire the company. Um, mm -hmm. But then I was like, well, you know what? Unfortunately, women don't always get the same recognition as men. So I was like, I'm just going to name all our products after women who inspire us. Um, mm -hmm. And then that's just what we go on. So, you know, the first, yeah, the flagship were named after my mom. The And then our flagship goggle was named after my wife. Um, and then the mountain bike was named after my sister, the Jenna. Um, 
and then now our our ski goggle and mountain bike goggle that does both i'm like well that's that, that's kind of like a jack of all trades and i'm like who do i know that's in that regard so then i'm like oh my mother-in-law my mother-in-law is valerie so and like she's done like it's phenomenal what she can do as a woman like she does framing she does plumbing she does tiling she does yeah like, like when we bought our house we had to do a full gut in three weeks on the main floor and my mother-in-law is just there like with the nail gun doing everything like like absolutely like does does it tenfold to my to my father-in-law and i'm like man this is yeah. like this this woman kicks ass um, yeah 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 so then that's, that's awesome. where, yeah that's where it comes from and then when i go further um our next product um well i'll probably have a product named after something coming up of someone coming into the future um but then um there's a in in uh in revelstoke there's uh rogers pass and so normally i've always been like and like everyone like you drive through things you don't you don't stop and like explore you know you usually just drive through and get to them so i'm like i'm yeah. gonna now i you know i try to stop in places um see things like get to learn something um mm -hmm. so in revelstoke in rogers pass they were talking about all the mountaineering people um, back in the 1800s, there was actually women there who were like doing all the mountaineering. So I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, this is this is like super cool. Like when I build a like when I build a glacier sunglass or something with like the sides, I'm mm -hmm. gonna name it after one of the women who like was pushing the pushing mountaineering forward in the 1800s. Because I'm like, you know, as a Canadian, I've yeah. talked to all my friends. Like no one no one stops at that spot. Like I'm like, did you know this was like women were pushing moving this forward back then like they were wearing like doing everything and like people like no i've never stopped there and i've driven through there like 150 times yeah like, yeah 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 it's interesting how that is that's really rad i i um i think it's cool i i think yeah. it's a it's a story that can be told you know well on your site and i think that it can help you know like build your brand and um I think it's, I think it's a, it's, it's a cool thing. Definitely is. Um, oh, shoot. I forgot what I was going to say. I knew this always happens. <laughs> I do that too. It's like talk about something and then my brain just feels light. I'm like, oh, that idea is gone. That is yeah. such a weird feeling. Yeah. There goes that. <laughs> so oh, I wanted to ask you, um, this, kind of came to fruition through this experience with your mom is there anything that you are doing as a company that's like giving back to like cancer or something like that or um i've been going back and forth with the cancer thing just because it's so so much funded um, uh -huh. and it's like you know at the start i don't know if i can do something amazingly um impactful that yeah. you know when they get when they get multi-million dollars and are doing the research so i'm like i don't know if i can make as big of a difference what i want to do and so like with the art that i'm raising funds with is i want to build um like a scholarship or something where like i'll help look after the funding um so you can pursue an idea to go into entrepreneurship mm -hmm. so uh, i haven't found an organization that does that yet so i don't know if it's like you know it'll live in good day optics i would rather mm -hmm. it you know we just donate to like x um yeah fund and you know we just are helping people but it's like okay so you're doing your job um 
you know, you have some debt, you have a family, you can't just quit a quit that and go pursue your passion or idea. Um, mm -hmm. So it'd be like this fund would, you know, it'd be like, here's six months of your salary, like take a sabbatical or something. Um, and so then you can pursue it. Um, Interesting. Yeah, that's definitely, um, that's definitely big, big uh, high hopes, you know, like, it's like a big dream. Like, it's like, a, that's a lot of money to, to raise, you know? Well, it's like, that, that's kind of like what my mom allowed me to do, right? Like, she yeah. had left me stuff. So then it was like, I don't have to worry as much. So I'm like, I want to replicate that for other people. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Somebody asked in the comments if you'd consider making a prescription sunglasses. Is there any plans for something like that? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know, we're just a one-year-old brand, so I yeah. can't do everything immediately. So the only prescriptions currently are the ones on my face. Cause every time, like I, I used to have another brand, um, on my face and everyone would be like, Oh, is that your brand? I'm like, no, I make sunglasses and goggles. And then yeah. they'd be like, I'm like, this is a pair of glasses. So then I'm just like, I'm going to take a sunglass frame and then go get some lenses cut um, uh -huh. for it. So then I can just be like, when someone asks now, yeah. And then, yeah, that's the goal is like, you know, that's where, um, and the thing that I didn't realize, like, you know, I, I was like, cause I, for half my, or I don't know, whatever 32 of 34 is like 98% of uh, my life was not with, um, prescription glasses, I was like, oh, I don't think it's that many people. And then now the amount of times who I ask, uh, or who get asked to about like making a prescription pair of sunglasses, mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, it's a lot more. I need to get in this space. Um, yeah, for yeah. me, I, I, I wear contacts. I've worn contacts for such a long time. So for me, it's not even something I ever think about because in my mind, it's like, even though I have prescription glasses, it, like if I was wearing my glasses during the day and I was going to go riding, I would put my contacts in like every time, you, you know, it's just like, to me, riding with glasses just sounds awful. So yeah, yeah I'm surprised that people are like, I want prescription ones. I'm like, what are you thinking? Yeah. Like, Cause all my friends who had glasses way before would just put their um, contacts in and then wear their goggles or if they weren't blind enough that they could see blurrily, um, Mountain biking is a little different because, like, you know, yeah. you're see, like seeing like little tiny things or trying to avoid them, or like yeah. seeing like big open plate. Like, it's not as like minuscule, and you won't notice like a little rock sticking yeah. out as much. So then they just like, oh, you know, I can see pretty decent. It's not as good as when I have my glasses on, but I don't want to poke my eyes with yeah, <laughs> yeah. put some contacts in. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, how does that work if you're doing prescription? Do you have to actually be manufacturing these different prescriptions, or do you? like kind of like subcontract with some other company and then you like special order them whenever something would, would want yeah to. I, yeah I, I haven't dug enough into it um uh -huh. but so, i know on like a on a small scale it's like i could um like because we do like for our for our and i guess we do technically have a prescription um glasses for the cycling ones because we have an insert so anyone who is, has myopia um you know just let us know and we put them in there um mm -hmm. so then they can take that insert and then go to their um, optometrist and have that put in and then it just sits into the front of it yeah okay yeah yeah right on yeah it's interesting it's um do you have a uh like a clear lens with your kind of lifestyle ones as well or just the 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 tinted ones 
just the tinted. So we have a we have a blue and a red currently. Um, mm -hmm. Our clear our clear lives in the cycling, um, where it you know you get your three lenses, so you get your color choice. And then mm -hmm. currently we're doing a promo where you get your your clears, your yellow, and a darker black, um, all included with it. So you actually get four lenses. Oh wow! With the with the which ones? The Jenna's. The cycling glasses, the mountain bike glasses. Ones. Got it. Got it. Got it. Right on. <clears throat> and then what are what do those things retail for? Three ninety nine. So for four hundred bucks, you get you said four different lenses or three different lenses. Four. Right on. Um, so then, yeah, an American price. Was, <clears throat> uh, I think it's like three hundred. American. So how do those change? Do they do those also use some kind of magnet, or is it like no, pop in uh, the frame somehow? Um, yeah, the frame. Um, so yeah, Jared oh, pulling then, then, no. Got pops it. out like that, and then it just pops back in. Um, Got it. Yeah, yeah, I've seen a similar similar design to that. Then yeah. So where so at this point you said you've been doing this for a year. Yeah, August. Well, so yeah, ideation or idea of Good Day Optics started August. 1st of 2022. Um, I didn't incorporate until April of this year. So mm -hmm. it depends on how, where we yeah, want to measure. Look at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You said you had launched somewhere around January or something like that. Yeah. Cause up in Canada, it's a little different. Um, it's like, you know, they have that window until you hit a X amount of revenue um, mm -hmm. of doing something. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to do all this crazy incorporations, all these crazy documents, all this crazy yeah. business stuff if I don't have a business. Yeah. 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 And then that's also like, it's money as well. So it's like maybe kind of test the water a little bit and see if it's, if it's something that's going to stick or whatnot. Yeah. How did you find out how to do all that stuff? Just like Google something or did you like reach out to some third party company to like help you out with it or. Uh, Google, um, my family, my in-laws are very entrepreneurial and mm -hmm. then getting into um the startup and entrepreneur uh, space in edmonton mm -hmm. right on so where do you want to where do you want to see this go like do you want to just continue bringing out like different styles of optics every year I, I, you had mentioned something like that earlier or yeah i think your... yeah i would i would love to continue to see the brand grow um and then grow in different countries so we're planning to launch in japan because we have a for so our ambassadors, we call them shred friends because we mm -hmm. care more about having fun, bringing other people in and having good days rather than like if someone can spin a 1080 all the time. Um, so mm -hmm. we have people, we have guides who or we have shred friends who are guides in Japan and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, you know, your logo and your name of good day like translates super um, easily into j uh, Japanese um, mm -hmm. and your cartoonish smiley face um is already like very cartoonized that does well over there they're like you need mm -hmm. to make a um a high bridge goggle and let's launch this into japan because i think it'll do very well um, so that's mm -hmm. what we're building and going for so like our and that's also what we why we made our our valerie be a smaller frame it, it was a two birds with one stone is the emily isn't great for people who have small faces so then we went and made a um like, you know, with mountain bike, I can only make a goggle so big and then mm -hmm. putting more foam into the nose piece. So then it just forms better to everyone's face. If That's some, the mountain bike one that you're saying? 
yeah mountain bike and yeah also ski snow if yeah 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 so skiing. you're because you don't have or do you still have a separate ski goggle from the mountain bike like the both goggle yeah so emily is snow only um just because it is too i mean if you're a winter biker you could use it because like yeah. and with not a full face um helmet but right. then our valerie is you know the mountain bike goggle and the valerie is the one that does both of them then. yeah and then that one has the like the wider bridge you said uh yeah just more padding in the nose um because for like you or me it'll just fo form a nicer tighter fit um yeah but for uh asian people of a asian descent um you know where you have that face shape where your nose isn't as uh pronounced bridge um, uh -huh. then that that foam will help eat up space and form better for them as well got it got it yeah that was one of the things whenever i started wearing goggles that most of the goggles that i tried on it like pinched my nose so i was online trying to find something that like what's the widest one that i can get you know yeah. and there was and then you're like you don't really know until you get them so you're like kind of nervous about spending you know 300 bucks on a pair of goggles that are like are these really gonna fit yeah and that i guess i that can go into our other point of you know, I have a 60 day return policy on our products because, mm -hmm. you know, we're double everyone else. But then the, the next thing is, it's like, you know, we'll take it back even if you like, like it's a it's a used policy, like, you know, go out and test it, go out and use it. If you don't like it, then return it. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, you need to have tags. You need to have that. I'm like, I don't want you to jump over hoops and everything of like trying to do this. It's like, if you don't love the product, I want to get you your money back because I would yeah. rather you. I would rather have people who love good day optics rather than people who, yeah, I bought this. It didn't fit. Um, but now I just tell people I tried it out and it didn't work for me. I would rather them be yeah. like, yeah, it, it didn't work, but good day gave me my money back. So, you know, cause again, if it, when I make another product, they're going to be intrigued. They're going to try it yeah. out and know like, Oh, okay. Maybe this one will work for me. Yeah. yeah. Than, oh yeah. I'm sitting on a $400 pair of, um goggles that didn't work for me so i'm never gonna try them out again yeah yeah so is is um you've only been at it for a year and you have like four products and you had mentioned like doing a new product every year so are you gonna try to keep doing four products a year or are you gonna try to like see like okay i'm gonna try to like just focus on one every year or yeah like one 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 or two per season also it depends on demand and growth right like mm -hmm. if we continue on the trend of you know our 25 to 50 percent month over month growth we can mm -hmm. support more, more products because more people are coming in and you know there's mm -hmm. a variety it when we you know hit market size or whatever we is like our penetrated thing then maybe we can't do it but like you know there's there's but there's companies that are continually popping up and taking space you just need to figure out how to resonate with the consumer and take up take up your space for them mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, where do you see this going? Do you like just want to like have this optic company until until forever, or are you like, are you like, I want to grow this and like sell this, or what, what's your plan? Yeah. So, I I've always loved building brands. I've always loved building things, and you know, I've always loved putting the customer first. So, like, once Good Day takes off um or well hopefully when it takes off and is sustainable 
um, either have an employee buy-in, so then that gets me out so I can start the next thing, but then it would be like, okay, we're going to do good day optics, sunglasses and goggles. Okay, maybe we'll do a brand, we'll do a mitt brand. Um, then we'll do something else, something else, something else. And then mm-hmm. once we have like five to 10 brands, um, what I want to do is because like, you know, this space, like mountain towns are expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to build either European hostels. Um, so then it's more affordable to come to um, these places and then mm-hmm. have a space that has retail because then I'll have all my 10 brands living there. Um, so then, you know, I don't have to take all my, all, you don't have to take all your eggs from that one basket of optics or one basket of this. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, they live all together. So then it's like, you can spread your, your profit margins. Um, and then, yeah. So I just want to continue building brands, continue like making space um, for people to have fun and everything. And uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. So, um, that's, is that, that a dog? That, that that's uh, that's my crazy dog. So my my one dog is a working dog. Um, so he goes to uh, a child uh, protection center and has a more um, nine to five job than I do now. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog is that? Uh, he's a black lab. Um, oh, right on. So then he I've goes. Had- he goes and sits in court with the uh, people who uh, were the children have been abused and help them tell their story and feel supported. Um, oh, wow. How did you cool. get into that with him? Um, so my w- w- wife used to work for that uh, organization and then uh-huh. they were getting a new dog. So they needed a home handler. So then that's um, where we stepped in. Yeah. Um, so he lives with me and then goes to work every day. That's funny. He has more of a job than me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious. M- more on or uh, more uh, consistent. It's like it's yeah. not like he wakes. Up, he's starting at six a.m. and then the next day starting at ten a.m. It's like he's right. always. I always drive him to work um, to get there for like eight fifteen or eight thirty, yeah. and then every day I go and pick him up at like four thirty. Uh, yeah, I try to ask him like, "Oh, how was your day today? Like, you know, did you meet some good kids?" <laughs> He just looks at me and wags his tail, but yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I love labs. I've had a, I've had a few of them. We have a, a red lab right now, and um, he's he's a he's a character. That's for sure. They're um, really smart dogs, but they're also just like I feel like they're. Um, they, I just really like their like composure, like who, like what what kind of like personality they have, you know? Yeah, he's like a he's a sixty five pound lap dog. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, super smart. Like he knows how to pick things up because, like, because he like got all the training that like a a seeing eye dog or like assist dog there. So like he can push the buttons for like an elevator or opening a door. Um, he can go grab and pick up things. He, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty cool what he can do. So that yeah, that is really rad. Yeah, mine um mine does some things, but only when there's food involved. <laughs> extra slobber engaged yeah 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 <laughs> ours is is seven and people are like oh he's not a puppy still and we're like no he's not he's just uh he's just a hot mess no but i i don't know i like labs because i'm a water person i really like the water a lot so i really i enjoy dogs that are like down to go swimming and like i think it's fun like throwing a ball or whatever yeah in a river or a lake with them and like they're also like a dog that can still go ride bikes. They just maybe they can't do the miles that some of these like 
like hurting dogs can do, but yeah. they can still go out and do some some decent stuff as long as you got them in the right shape. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we have another Australian Shepherd, um, which like loves water way too much. Yeah. Like she just has like a full like craziness to her, like where she'll just like throw me a stick, throw me a stick, throw me a stick, throw yeah. me a stick, throw me a stick. Yeah. And then if you don't, then she just starts sitting there and like vibrating to be like. Ek, 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 ek. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. My lab is definitely, um, when it comes to like, he knows, like if we're going to the river, like, and he is, um, it sounds like when we get out of the car that we're strangling him, <laughs> but he's just really excited. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's just like, oh man, he loves the water. Like you let, you let him off the leash and he's just like, a hundred miles an hour the one time we were getting out of the car and like my wife just didn't wasn't playing like defense well enough and he was just like he knew where he was at took off down to the river like by the time we get down there it's like you know it's like 300 yards away from like where we're parking or something you know it's like he's just gone and uh what are you gonna do you know it's i'm not gonna run out there and catch him like yeah. like he he's uh five times faster than me and uh so we get down there and he's like you know, out in the, the river, swooning around. He's got somebody's football. <laughs> He's just a mess. But but he means well, so. <laughs> yeah. That's most important. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah super. Yeah. Is your lab super food motiv motivated too? Oh, it's just, yeah. He He's actually probably the most food motivated animal that I've ever had. And I mean, I've, like every lab I've had has like always been like a food motivated. But like we had to get him a slow bowl because he eats so fast. And like, even with the slow bowl, like he's done in like 30 seconds. Like what I do now is pour some of the food in the slow bowl and the rest of it just all over the floor because <laughs> then it at least takes them like a little bit longer to like walk around and find it. 45, 45 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's unbelievable how fast he can eat. It's like, he makes a vacuum cleaner look slow. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Ours is funny. So like, like he'll listen um like all the time but then like so like he'll we'll tell him like matt to go eat or like to get the food ready and then he's just sitting on the mat and like drooling oh yeah uh <laughs> yeah we have him sit like i always tell him that like where we we feed him like i've always ever since he was really little and i've actually done this with all my labs is always like make them sit and then make them sit away from you and then you like give them a release command to come eat because at the end of the day, these dogs are going to get bigger than they are when they're a puppy. And it's cute yeah. when they're all like jumping on you when they're a puppy, but when they're 90 pounds, you're like, I don't need a jumping dog. Like, you know, so we do similar. It's, we just don't say Matt and we're always like telling him to back up and he's really sitting on the, the kitchen mat, like in front of the sink yeah. and we make him back up enough so that when he's drooling, it's, it's going on the carpet, the little, you know, throw carpet instead of like, like you said, he's, it's like a faucet with that guy. As soon as he's like thinking food, it's ridiculous. So, yeah. <laughs> so you said you, you got into mountain biking, um, not too long ago. Yeah. So yeah, um, I got, I bought my bike last September cause I'm like, Oh, I should probably get a bike, um, mm -hmm. and try it out. Cause I had a little bit of disposable income. Um, mm -hmm. didn't go full suspension, but then I, but I've also learned that, you know, having a hard tail and having to pick your roots um, helps a lot. And mm -hmm. then, um, yeah, just started going, joined a couple of little community groups here, um, started riding with them. And then I started making my own 
Um, I used to ride when the sun was out in the morning, every morning at 6.45 a.m., um, Monday to Friday. Usually on weekends, we started a little later, but then had like a group of like 10 people every time come out. And it was just a good way to get the exercise in the morning. We'd go for like a 20-kilometer ride. Mm-hmm. So then um, what would you – are you still on the hardtail? Uh, yeah, this year finished with hardtail, but then um, next year going full suspension, looking for like that 160, 150 uh, mm-hmm. millimeter enduro travel. Um, just because like I was going out to like, that's where my sunglasses stride or do really well. So it's like going out to supporting, uh, women's enduro races, going out Mm -hmm. to, um, other mountain bike events and, you know, going out to ride and in Edmonton, we don't have as much drops or anything like that. Um, but in the mountains we do. So it's like, you know, I want to something that can do both. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, what, um, what, what are you looking at? What are you thinking you're going to, what's going to be the full suspension? Um, so I was looking at a, a Canyon Spectral 29, um, but then also have friends who look after IBIS up here in Canada. So might talk with them. Um, mm-hmm. And then um, talking with um, Mark and Joey from the segment, they know YT very good. So like, oh, you should check out these bikes too. So it's probably going to be one of those three choices. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure anything that you get nowadays is going to be a good bike. So I think you'll, you you can't be going wrong with any of those. No. Um, anything else about your brand that you feel like we haven't covered? Um, I mean, so like our slogan is always good days. Um, and people, when we first said that, like people are like, you can't always have good days. Um, so we still keep it like that. But then we went and played with the, it further. So we actually have a, a good days or else pledge um, mm-hmm. where it's like w- we have people like, hey, um, come sign the pledge. You know, there's five rules that you'll adhere. And if you're not having a, a good day and if we don't think you're holding it, where the or else comes from is like we want to come visit you and make mm-hmm. sure you have a good day. So it's like maybe it's like either we send you a care package or like what I really would love doing is like picking someone at random and then just like coming to their house one day and be like, Oh, you didn't, you know, we thought maybe you could help make your day better. Here's X amount of dollars to cover your salary for the day. You're taking it off and we're going to go do whatever you want to do. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's part of your, your community that you're building. Yeah. Yeah. Just a fun little way to, you know, have fun and do something a little different. Uh huh. What, what, so what inspires that? Uh, just having fun, I guess. And, you know, Billy being silly and um, being myself. Cause you know, with like, I don't know with your ADHD experience, but like, you know, we learn quickly to mask and then like, just try to fit in um, mm-hmm. where my mom, her passing, like, I was like, Oh, life's short. Like it showed me like, you know, kind of if something I'm not enjoying, doesn't do it like just stop it um but then it made me go tenfold of like being more authentic and like you know having that fun because like you know even if only one percent of people in the world are you know having fun and wanting to do it with like that that's Mm -hmm. one percent of eight billion people um yeah still 800 million yeah that's still a lot of people yeah 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 no it's interesting you know it's like um it's perspective that a lot of people need to have. I think that, um, 
it's really easy to focus on things that aren't like the good aspects. And to me, like every day should be a good day, you know, yeah. and, and if, if it doesn't feel like it is, I bet you there's still something that you can look at it and take out of it. And, um, yeah, I, uh, I think that's like a much easier, like it's a much easier mindset to like live with every day than the other way around. And, and I think that people that don't have that like super positive outlook, like they maybe don't understand how, how that is, but it's like, realistically, it's, it's a hundred percent up to you, like whether something is good or bad, like you have the power in your own mind to you can't, be upset or to be happy. Yeah. You like, can't, I can't change the outcome of what someone does. I can yeah. change how I react to it though. Yeah. 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 I used to tell my kids when they were little, like you get to decide when you're not mad anymore. So yeah. like you can walk around and be mad all day because something happened in the morning or you can be mad for like 30 seconds. Like yeah. it's, there is no like timer that when something bad happens that you're like, Oh, it's over. Now we can be <laughs> fine again. You know, it's like hundred percent you, you know? Yeah. And um, I don't know. I just prefer to live my life that way because um, it just feels better. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Maybe I let too many things go too. You know, there's some people I've met in my life that are like, you need to be upset about things longer. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. You know? Yeah, 100%. But, yeah. Or it's like, yeah. yeah, people are like, you should be mad about this. It's like, well, why do I have to be mad about it? I just don't have to, like, yeah. if, if something made me mad, just don't do it again. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, have that person no longer or have that thing no longer in your life. But like, you don't have yeah. to hold on to anger and yeah. You know, like, I, I, yeah, yeah. I think that the ADHD part of me too is like super logical or like analytical. So like in those type of situations, I think in my mind, I'm like, well, there's nothing that I can do to like change the fact that this happened. So yeah. like, why am I going to dwell on that, that aspect of it? You, yeah. you know what I mean? Like to me, it's like, okay, like shiny ball, how do we fix this? Or how do we move forward? You know? Yeah. Like, well, and I think it, I think it's because like with our, um, brain, like, you know, shiny ball or shiny object or something else is pulling at you. So like we quickly learn to let things go or try new things that it's like, that like, that's the thing people are always like, oh, it, it seems so like, how did you start a business? And I'm like, well, like I've tried so many different things or tried so many different like ideas or things. And like, you know, you just continue to do it and try it and yeah, like would I have launched a sunglass brand when I was first doing my first thing? No, probably not. But mm -hmm. like, Oh, I tried to try to hoodie company or try to sock or did this or did that or did this. And then, mm -hmm. you know, when you figure out what starts aligning with your passions and like continue doing it, then it's like our, our energy is like tenfold with ADHD. Cause it's like, we just want to yeah. focus on that one thing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I like lean way in. What's the, uh, what's the advice that you would give to people that were considering something to be like an entrepreneur of some type type? honestly just do it like you know i a lot of my stuff lives in the beta c space so it's always like a lot harder to get something going immediately in that space but you know there's ways to find communities and ways to do that so it's kind of like b2b at the end of the day too but like it takes like i heard from someone the fastest way to success is to get to year eight so like any companies that you've seen like or or longer so any companies that like like is like right like starbucks started in the 70s but they didn't get big to like the 90s and 2000s 
Um, mm -hmm. And like when you ever see any company that, you know, just popped off or, you know, you started noticing them, like look when their start date actually was. Because it wasn't, yeah. if it's 2023 now and something just popped off, it's like, you know, they probably started in 2015, 2016, 2017 in, the, in that time frame. It's not like they started yeah. today. Yeah. And that's, I think a lot of people get, um, they don't realize that or they don't think about that or, or maybe they just want, you know, the success quickly. I mean, personally, like my YouTube channels are definitely, um, it's been a grind. I've been doing these channels for a long time, but in the scope of like, even if I would have told myself when I started like, Hey, it's going to take you five years to get to this number, but this is like the experience that you're going to have. I would have been like, Oh yeah, that's awesome. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, but yeah. it still doesn't make it any different while you're doing the grind and you're like, man, like, I feel like this should be better than this by now. And it, it's easy to like go down that route. But I think that, um, one of those things that I think about is kind of like what you were saying is like, not everybody is the one that like, that, that blows up like Facebook, you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody else might be working on their website for 20 years or 15 years. And then all of a sudden it's like one day, poof, you know? So that's the one part of me whenever I consider like, sometimes things get hard, you know, and, and it's really yeah. easy to consider like, well, maybe, maybe I should just hang it up, you know? And um, at those aspects or at those times, I always think like, what if tomorrow is the day that I've been like working towards and yeah. today is the day that I stop? Like then, well, I'm screwed. You yeah. know, like it was, it was like everything I wanted could be happening tomorrow, you yeah. know? And, and um, you know, it's like never what you do like today, it's being consistent with it. It's like, you know, so if you do, if I put 24 hours in for eight weeks, like mm -hmm. don't sleep and do anything, that's not what's going to grow. I'm going to get burnt out and not have a good time. Um, mm -hmm. What allows me to grow, it, even if it's a slower growth, like, you know, put in like 1%. Like the, the book mm -hmm. Atomic Habits talks about that dramatically. Like if, you, if you're 1% better every day, in one year, you're 37 times better than yeah. what you were when you first started. Um, yeah. So it's like enjoying the journey and know it's a slow grind. Like, you know, people didn't like get to start exactly where they were. Like you had mm -hmm. to, we just didn't know about them. Like, it's not like Gretzky picked up a pair of hockey skates and um, scored, scored every goal. Um, you know, he started when he was like five or whatever and just yeah. kept going and got better um, and kept at it. Um, yeah. And that's what I, that's what I enjoy about business is like, there are no like yeah there's rules of like you know don't like do bad things but like you know if someone wants to build a brand that like you know every time you buy it you fly to their house and drop it off personally you could do that I don't yeah. know how you, like you know what i mean like there's like, like simon sinek said it great is you know business is an infinite game like there's finite games and infinite games and finite games is like baseball it's like you know you have nine innings you have this many um like tops and bottoms and then at the end there's a winner and loser in business there is no it's an, like there is no start and end it's whoever wants to come in how long you stay and then you know people leave when they want to or leave when they mm -hmm. don't think they're getting it but it's like yeah you yeah can, you can do anything in the entrepreneurial world yeah 
in your mind, how long do you think it takes you to get to like the point where you're ready to start the next brand? Uh, my projections. So in year one, we'll do about a hundred. Uh, the goal is to do a hundred K in profit, um, and do, or like, and then do, you know, a couple hundred thousand in sales. Um, mm -hmm. then next, like, basically it's like doubling. So then I said next year would be, or like the year after would be like double it. So 750 K, um, mm -hmm. and then third year is like three mil, um, mm -hmm. or up or faster. Um, but it's like, yeah, just have a team. Um, and I don't ever want to like, I like, I don't see myself leaving something, especially when, um, you know, I've built such a emotional tie-ins of stuff. Yeah, it's yeah. Just like, That's a very personal business. Uh, um, but I'll continue like, like, you know, it, 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 like everyone says, it's, it's who you sur surround yourself with. So I'll, uh, there's people way smarter than me and there always will be. It's trying to figure out ways to like help them believe in my brand or, you know, why they should come work at Good Day Optics rather than um, somewhere else. And it's like, well, yeah, we, like I want to build it together because like, you know, I, I don't like there, there's in my mind, there's never a self-made million or self-made entrepreneur. It's always mm -hmm. they had it on the backs of communities and everything. So it's like mm -hmm. I would rather, you know, share and let more people um, join in and mm -hmm. have that because it's like especially with like you know, it, it's kind of been like my secret to life that I've learned is it's like, you know, when you give back to someone or help inspire them, you feel good. Um, but then it's weird where what you put in, it's like, and help you get like two, ten, five times back if you don't expect it. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what's like really cool because let alone you just feeling good about helping someone else. It's like, or like inspiring others or making it better for someone else. It's like you, for some strange reason, the world is like, oh, you did good. Here's something random that's going to come ha happen to you in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people call it karma or whatever. And like, um, I definitely feel like that's a thing. And I don't know, maybe I'm too optimistic or something like that. But I feel like if you do, if you do good things, good things happen to you. It's, yeah. it's funny how that is. Like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's just you recognize it more. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Sometimes you wonder with, you know, people that do bad things, but, uh, like usually it catches up with them <laughs> yeah, at some point. Yeah. 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 So, well, um, go ahead. Oh, like, like, I think, you know, when you, when someone builds something that has flexibility or, you know, you once like, you don't have to worry about cash as much. You start mm -hmm. to realize like you know you can find a bunch of different ways to make money like i can go find a job or you know you can go like grind and figure out to do something for someone but it's like the yeah. thing that we should be competing for is time like yeah no matter how much money i have i can't make more time yeah yeah i think that that's a it's a it's a good thing to learn the earlier you learn that in your life i think the more beneficial that i mean that it is for you and i think like uh, i shared that story about my uncle when i was younger and and uh it really helped me just learn to live like that tomorrow could be like the last day yeah. you know and, and you really don't know like you can be as healthy as you want you can be like live inside of a bubble and like one day you know 
something just goes wrong. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you're taking a shower and you slip and freaking break your neck, you know, like that's it. It's like the stupidest shit that happens to people, you know, and sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah, it's something in your control and sometimes it's not. But I, I've all, I've for a long time in my life always tried to live in the mindset of like, if t today was my last day, would I look at my life and be like, I mean, it wasn't everything I wanted, but it was a good run. You know yeah, what I mean? It was a pretty good day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely, um, I, I still feel that way. I mean, uh, yes, I want to live to as old as I can be. Like, that sounds really fun to see, like, the world change and my family get older and whatever, you know? But, like, um, if, if if this was it, you know, you can know that I definitely, like, I'm like, dude, I did a lot of shit that I wanted to do, you know? <laughs> like, and I had a lot of really good times and I, like, got to experience a lot of really cool things with a lot of cool people. And and um, that that, to me, is, like, so valuable i don't really give a fuck what color my like how big my house is or what car i have or whatever it's really to me about like those experiences that you have in your life well it's yeah you the stories and the friends and everything that make it it yeah like, we're uh like there's a reason why we built cities and why we like came together as a collective and you know that allowed humans to thrive so it's like yeah we shouldn't be trying to you know build a $10 million house on top of a mountain and this like, you know, I, and I, it takes time to pick that up. Like I was the same way when I was like, you know, I think the death has to, or like, you know, the really bad experience has to be close by to you. Um, yeah. Like I had my grandparents passed away when like, I was super close, like not super, like I was super close, but like still when it like 10 and 12. Um, yeah. But then I still continued down the path of like, you know, I want to make a lot of money. Um, yeah. And I did do that for a bit. Like when I was an engineer, um, my first year out, I was making like 250K, but I sat in, yeah. in a truck um, for 16 hours a day in the middle of nowhere, working 24 days on, four days yeah. off. And it's like, that isn't happiness. Like, yeah. And then when I went into my first job outside of my second degree of doing like beer sales, like my, my salary fit in my engineering salary eight times, um, but I had way more fun. Yeah. 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 I, um, I was, I was married before the marriage that I'm in. And, uh, when that ended, it was one of those eye opening moments again for me where it was like, I think before that I, I had this, like, <sighs> the way I always explain it to people is like when you, um, define yourself by your job. And I think I defined myself by my job. Like I wanted to like, like, get a bigger budget at my job and, and like manage more people and like do a bigger team and like have more responsibility. And then like, for whatever reason, going through that divorce, it really made me realize that like the job is really only for me to like do the things that I enjoy. Like, it's good mm -hmm. that you enjoy your job, but like, like that's not like actually like who I am, like who I am is the things that I do when I'm not there. You know, and it, it just really like, like 180 my life where I was like, I'm riding bikes and I'm like doing these things because that is way more important than like, like what you were talking about with a business. Like you can go there and spend all night there and leave and there's still something to do. 
Like it's not like yeah. it's ever done, you know? So yeah. like you should go out there and enjoy the things that like that you're doing and um, that you're well, doing for fun, you know? Like you, like you said, like, you know, and what keeps you going is it's like, you know, yeah, maybe I want to quit today, but tomorrow's the success. It's like, sometimes the success never comes. So we need to enjoy yeah. the journey. Um, yeah. And that, that is the success. Right. And like, that's the, that's the, the weirdest thing um, that I kind of learned was like, you know, success is different for everyone and you need mm -hmm. to figure out like, you know, like, yeah, you can't define yourself by your job. You need to look inside yourself and figure out what you enjoy and figure out um, that regard. And then like break it out. Cause like, you know, some, comp someone might not be happy unless they get like a thousand percent growth every day. And someone yeah. might be happy if they get like one customer a year. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, but like if that person who like only got one customer a year, if they were more focused on wanting to have that thousand percent growth, well, it's like, well, then you'd always like, you know, it's that comparison mindset. Like if you start comparing yourself to everyone, you can always be unhappy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Man, we're rounding that uh, two hour mark right now. <laughs> It's been a great conversation, man. We started out just, you know, like I said, you never, you never know what you're going to get into. And, and, um, it's definitely been a fun one. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down and chat with me and, and all the, the bikers out there. Yeah. And I appreciate you having me. Like it, it's, I've never been on podcasts before. And, uh -huh. um, it's just so much fun. Cause like you can have a great conversation with someone who I don't even know how far away we are. Um, yeah. And it's like, you know, I was, I was joking with, um, um, uh, Mark. Mark from the, yeah, Mark from the segment. And I'm like, w we need you guys to cut, like, like come up to Canada. We'll do the segment tour, um, and go ride baseline mountain. Cause like he was trying to Google search where it was and everything like that. But it's like, you know, it's like you make friend, like, I'm like, yeah, when I'm come down to NorCal, it's like, yeah, I know who, I know who I'm going to send a message to. Cause it's like, yeah. I would love to continue the conversations and I would love to continue, um, like just seeing where yeah. everything goes, right? Like it's a yeah, yeah, hundred percent, man. Well, I think that um, that you have a very like inspiring story of how you're how how you got started and where you're at, and I think that um, that your business model is. Um, I, I think that it's different, and it, and it's different in a in a good way, and it, it's. Um, I wish you all the the success that you can possibly have. I'm stoked to see, you know, where you are another year from now and what other brands you end up coming up with down the road. I always like to ask people at the uh, end of the show what YouTube channels that they like to watch, whether it has anything to do with biking or anything at all, just because sometimes there's some real winners out there. You never know what, what's, uh, what's fun. What's, what's fun for you to watch. So I'm not a, it must be like a American versus Canadian thing. Um, like mm -hmm. I have a friend, a few friends who watch YouTube channels up here, but I'm not a big YouTuber. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but I like the, like I I've watched the Lone Ranger. I've watched some, um, what some car ones, Hoonigan, um, and stuff like that. Um, but trying to figure out more things to watch and more things to listen to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you listen and, to any podcasts or? Um, a lot of entrepreneurial podcasts. So like Alex Hermosi, um, Russell Brunson, um, Mel Robbins, a lot of like positivity stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and that, that kind of started when, you know, I was like going through like learning to have lost my mom in such a short time. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's when. 
So if you like the entrepreneurial ones, there's one that I used to, that's like a pretty, like they don't have a lot of episodes. It's pretty short, but it's called how I made this. Oh yeah. And, yeah. and this guy like interviews, like the guy that started Dell and like, you know, they talk about, you know, being in the garage and getting it going and like how they got to like where they're at. Yeah. And uh, they're all like big companies. So it's like, you know, Quiznos subs, like how they got started or, you know, something like that. Trader Joe's, I don't know. And uh, that one's like really, really fun to listen to. So I think, think you'll enjoy it. Well, anyways. I hope, Trader, I hope Trader Joe's comes up to Canada. I would like, I always go down there and get all the cool things that they have. <laughs> um, right on, Jared. Well, but do you think, I like doing this. Um, I do it all my events. We usually do like a little like promo or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. Why don't we run a promo um, like 15% off? So like mm -hmm. whether it's like biker 15 or something like that, what do you mm -hmm. like? Do you think it would go over well with your like, community? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could post something like that on my Instagram or something like that. So I guess we're yeah. just saying that here and then B1KER 15. Yeah. And then it can run for a couple of days if anyone is interested in hopping on immediately. Yeah. 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 However long you want to let it last, I would imagine that you could probably let it run for a while. It's not going to be like you're going to get bombarded with a billion orders. So, cool. but um, I would imagine that, um, yeah, you definitely get somebody to come by. So, yeah, it's, it's, B1KER15, that's what it is. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Definitely. Um, I'll, uh, I'll throw something together for Instagram and stuff like that as well. So, if you guys yeah. haven't already, gone by and uh, or written down the website or however you figure you want to go talk to figure out what, what these guys are up to you can look at gooddayoptics.com so g-o-o-d-d-a-y-o-p-t-i-c-s.com he's got a facebook he's got a twitter a tiktok and instagram so you can go check all those out there either either as well that's what i'm trying to say let's spit this out and uh if you're on instagram you haven't given me a follow then give me one too that'd be awesome i'd really appreciate that all of you guys out there on patreon thanks again i really appreciate it it's you guys that are out there that really keep this thing going i mean that like with everything inside of me i, I really appreciate all of you out there and if you want something just purely for free no strings attached just remember it only takes a bike to be a biker get out and be one. Ha, ha, ha.